Our story with the corner of Lexington and 125th starts back in October of 2014. That fall, I stood on our church's portable stage in the gym of North Point Elementary, and I said, We have set a goal that we are going to try and raise $500,000 in additional giving over the next three years. I told our church that the goal was to use that money to buy land somewhere, and then six years later, we'd finally have enough finances to start building. To me, that was a crazy ask, but the small and young group of people in our church responded, and they gave sacrificially, allowing us to have enough money to buy land. However, the rest of 2014 went by, and then all of 2015, and most of 2016, and we still hadn't found a plot of land that we felt was good enough to put our future church building on. And so in our frustration, we called an all-church night of prayer. And then only about a week later, God turned our eyes to this corner. Now, in our defense, we had seen it before, but it was way out of our price range. And so we did all anyone can do. We prayed and made a lowball offer. And to make a crazy long story short, four days after we walked away from negotiations that were going nowhere, the seller called us back and said, we'll take your offer selling us our original plot of six and a half acres at $600,000 less than it was worth. That was in 2017. And for the next three years, our church came out to this land often to pray, and we told stories of how we would one day reach people for Christ on this land. Right now, this is just grass. But soon enough, God is going to do miracles right here. And from 2017 through 2020, our church continued to generously sacrifice as people gave $1.5 million towards starting construction on this building. And as we were getting closer to the building, we kept feeling like we weren't going to have enough land for what God was going to do when we got here. And so our leaders came together and we fasted and prayed and fasted. And I made the craziest phone call of my life from our old offices at the Rain Tree Professional Center. I called the owner of the 1.5 acres immediately south of our land, right next to the kinder care daycare. And I told him how his land would be an incredible blessing to us. And I asked him if he would just donate it to our church. And he said, yes. A little over two years later, the land on the north side of our church, which used to be a Shell gas station, miraculously came available, even though we thought that would never, ever happen. And to purchase it last June, we needed $300,000 in three weeks' time. And our church responded by giving over $400,000. And so, in the years since we started praying and sacrificially giving way back in 2014, God has led us to this amazing corner for the whole city to see. And not only that, he has parted the sea, giving us land on both sides of our original property so that now we own all the way from the daycare parking lot on the south to 125th on the north. And God has given all of this land to us for a reason, because he's using it. He's using it to illuminate the darkness. And the truth is, he's just getting started. All right, let's go. <laughs> this is uh, an exciting day for our church. I'm so glad uh, that you're here this morning. Uh, my name is David Soren. I'm the lead pastor uh, here at Renovation Church. Uh, this morning, we are going to be talking about our future at length, our plans for our future. Uh, today, my aim is to kind of give you a broad overview, and then in the subsequent three weeks, you're going to get to hear more and more details. 
So in that video, you just heard about some of the defining moments of our church's life. And now I believe we're launching into another defining moment. And what I want to do is I want to ask something of you right here at the outset. Would you do whatever it takes to be as connected and as engaged as possible over the next 21 days? Uh, That is to be here every week of this series if you're out of town to catch up on the podcast. Uh, And we have a couple of events coming up too we'd love you to be a part of, and we'll talk about that more in a couple minutes. But I would love for you to be just so present over the next 21 days. Uh, We are calling this a teaching series, and also really this next phase of our church's life, Illuminate. Uh, To illuminate something is to make it visible or bright by shining light on it, and that is indeed what Christians are called to do. It's to shine light into the darkness. Uh, Before we jump into the details, we actually need to start where we always start, and that is in God's Word. So everybody grab a Bible. Uh, There's Bibles under the chairs in front of you. Uh, We are on page 659 today, uh, Matthew chapter 5. This is going to be from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Um, So in, in this particular passage, Jesus is giving his followers a vision on how they should live, on how they should act. Uh, Here's what Jesus says. So Matthew chapter 5, big number 5, you're going to find the small 14. He says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Okay, now... We're going to see that uh, next week, actually, when we go uh, deeper into this uh, idea and concept, that Jesus also calls himself the light of the world. But here, interestingly enough, notice that Jesus calls his followers also the light of the world. And if you look closely at the text, look at verse 14. Jesus doesn't say, hey, I want each of you to become a light. He says, you are a light. And so if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, You already are a light. You have been given a responsibility to be a light to others. That's the purpose of being a light. It's to illuminate the darkness. This is verse 16. That others may see how we live and that they may not glorify us. The goal isn't that we live godly lives so that people look at you and say, Oh, wow, you are so incredible. The goal is that they would look at us and then what does it say? And then glorify our Father in heaven. And so if you already are a light, and that's what God's word says, then it is critical that you do not hide your Christian walk from anyone. Jesus says, that's like taking a lamp and putting it under a bowl. If you do that, then the lamp is going to lose its very purpose and function. And that's what we do when we hide who we trust in and what we believe in. No, one of our core functions as followers of Jesus is to illuminate the darkness around us. And that's true of our personal lives, and we're going to talk a lot about that in, in, in the coming weeks. But you know what? It's also true, and I want to talk a little bit about this this morning, of who we are together as a church body. We are like a city on a hill. This church is like a beautiful light on a great big corner in this city. 
And God is using it. When we come together and we put our lights together, God can do magnificent things through us. And God is doing that, church, right now in our midst. People are flooding through the doors every Sunday. Neighbors in our community, coworkers, they're questioning, they're asking you, like, what's going on at that place on Lexington and 125th? Well, together we are illuminating the darkness around us and we are giving glory to God. I talked to a guy about a month ago or so who was just at the bottom of the bottom. And he told me, he said, listen, I drive by here, this building, uh, every week. And I see all the cars and I see all the people. And I just knew that I had to come in and find God. And he came. And guess what? He gave his life to Christ. And see, not only do I believe that the light is shining so brightly from this corner, we are illuminating the darkness as we disciple new believers to go out and follow Jesus in their everyday lives. You know, since we have opened the doors on this building, we have seen 190 people come to Christ. 100 and that's amazing. And here's the thing about how we do church here. We don't just leave them hanging. We disciple them. And so as soon as someone makes a decision for Christ at the end of the service, immediately we match them up with another believer that they already know at this church. Or if they don't know someone, we match them up with someone from our follow-up team. And then we disciple the new believer one-on-one for at least the next eight weeks where we teach them, how do you read the Bible? How do you begin to pray? How do you serve? How do you trust God? And we do that one-on-one for eight weeks with the goal at the end of the eight weeks that they're connected into a house group so they can continue to grow and continue to shine their light wherever they go. We are disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples so much so, and that's happening so fast that as many of you know, we are beginning to run out of room in this building. In fact, let me show you what's been happening since we moved into this building. So take a look at this. This is our kind of attendance history and projected future. So the light gray here is our uh, history. So we moved into this building uh, with about 500 of us on a Sunday morning in February of 2021. Actually, it was exactly two years ago this weekend, which is kind of cool. And then that was, you know, February 2021, we were still less than a year into COVID at that time. And so when we moved in, we didn't even publicize that we were open. And yet for the next seven months, even though we said nothing, the church still grew by 150 people to 650 people. We did our grand opening, officially opened the building, September of 2021, continued to grow. By last February, there were 850 people here on a Sunday morning. Now, a year later, we are averaging somewhere between 1,250 and 1,300 people uh, every single Sunday morning. The Lord is moving quickly here. And so we, as a church, are constantly trying to forecast out what growth will look like in the future. And that is kind of the dark gray here. Uh, And so what we know is that when we get to about 1,400, that things get really, really tight in here, even at four services. We are essentially out of room. Uh, There is one thing we can do as an interim uh, solution. Uh, As many of you have experienced, our main choke point as a church is our parking lot. And so we've kind of known that ever since we secured that corner lot uh, six months ago, uh, we've had a plan to put extra parking in place uh, on that lot as soon as we can. 
And we believe extra parking spots would maybe increase the phase one cap of this building to about 1,600 or so people on a Sunday, which if things slow down a decent amount, which is you can kind of see in this model, that's what the projection does. If things slow down a decent amount, we would be completely out of room, even with extra parking, in a little less than 18 months. However, many of you have come up to me and asked me, but what if they don't slow down? Okay, here's what that looks like. So take a look at this. So we'll just continue the projection on. If things continue to not slow down and they continue to go like this, we are out of room in about six to 10 months, completely out of room in this space. And so unless we act, the days are coming when we will be turning people away at the door because we just don't have room. In fact, I believe in some ways those days are already here. Some of you were at the service uh, in December when we were basically out of room at three services. This is a main reason why we went to four services. Uh, there was, I think it was second service at that time. We had a family of five. They walked in right here and there was no place to sit for a family of five. And so they did all they could do and they, they left. They walked out. There was no place to sit. And I was visibly frustrated watching it happen while I was speaking. And I said something about it out loud. And so some of our volunteers ran after them, checked a few kids into kids' ministry, brought them back, pushed some people over, and found some space. And the service went on. I presented the gospel, and the mother of that family heard the gospel and committed her life to Jesus Christ. And I feel like the Lord just gave us that as a picture and also as a warning that there are indeed going to be hundreds more people who are going to want to come here. Your friends, your family, who one day may say yes to your invitation to come. And if we don't have room for them, and we have to turn them away, I, I'm just telling you, I, just, I never want us to be in that situation. And so I'm telling you right now, we need to knock down some of these walls and expand this building, okay? And we're going to do that. All right, what, what we're going to do now, as I begin to show you how this works, I'm going to actually ask our ushers, uh, they're going to uh, come forward, and they're going to hand out to you our Illuminate booklet that our staff has put together uh, for you. Uh, if you end up with a few extras at the end of your row, uh, no worries, they're going to come uh, and pick those up uh, afterwards. I, just, I believe that at, at defining a moments like this, that it is so important to communicate as clearly as possible. And so what we've done is we've put together this guide for you to help you understand this exciting next step. Uh, if you don't have a booklet in front of you uh, later today, and you're like, oh, what did that say? There will be a PDF of it online as well. Okay, so what I'm going to ask is I'm going to ask that every single person in this room that you read through this booklet uh, today, if you can't do it today, that you do it sometime uh, by the end of this week at the latest. Uh, we want you to be fully informed. In fact, I'm going to come to all 17 of our house groups in five days this week. And I'm going to personally do question and answer sessions about Illuminate, about our expansion. I would love to see you there. And so if you can, I would love for you to read through this booklet before I get to your house group this week so you're informed. If you're not able to make your house group this week or you're not in a house group yet, uh, I will be doing a Q&A uh, next Sunday in between second and third service on the 12th uh, here in the meeting room uh, as well. 
Okay, so let's start looking through how we're going to expand uh, this building and how we're going to reach more people for Christ. So if you open up your booklet to pages 8 and 9, uh, you can see there is a building floor plan on there. So take a look at that. It's actually probably a little easier to see even in your booklet than on the screen. Uh, so the yellow, if you look at the floor plan, the yellow is our original footprint. This is the building that we are in of right now. And you can see as you look at the lobby, which is right here, the lobby is going to expand outward kind of into our current parking lot. Uh, right now we have six kids' classrooms. We're going to expand to 11 uh, kids' classrooms. Uh, when we, uh, if you think about the worship center, the worship center is going to expand uh, backwards. So when we built this worship center... We were trusting in God and thinking ahead. And so we built the shell of this, the roof structure. So if you actually look, look up at the roof for a little bit and you look back, you can see that we built the roof structure of this for expansion, for phase two. So if you look at these walls right back here, you'll see that th th these are actually two of our kids' rooms. And then if you look over here, I, I feel like you guys are like the cat with a laser pointer. By <laughs> so much power right here. Look at this. Um, this right here is our, is our meeting room and this is our uh, office over here. We built these into the worship center. They literally sit. If you go in these kids' rooms, it's loud in there because it's in the worship center. And we did that because then we don't have to build an expensive worship center somewhere else on the other end of the building. We just knock down these walls and we can expand the seating backwards. Uh, and then here, if you look back to the floor plan on the left here, we've added a number of adult classrooms for our fast-growing Renovation U program, a meeting space on Sunday mornings, which is super tight right now, and then we've got an expanded office space. Our staff has grown from 9 to 17 people just since we've opened up this building. Okay, now that you've got a sense of kind of how the floor plan looks, you want to see a video of what it's going to look like? Yeah. All right, let's take a look at that. Okay, so this is what our building looks like right now. Now watch this. There is phase two. Okay, let's drive in here. Oh, look, there's open parking spots. This is, this is amazing. Okay, here the cross is still on the front there. Uh, lots of windows uh, on the lobby, so lots of natural light uh, coming in. As you go over to the entryway here, there's a nice awning over the entryway. You actually go into the two sides of the lobby now instead of entering through the front. As we enter into the lobby, you'll see the lobby has doubled in size, so lots of space to just connect with friends within that lobby. Uh, there's our cafe. Our cafe is also going to double in length. Uh, as we begin to look down this hallway, this is where our Renovation U classes will be. Way down at the end, there's our offices. If you hook to the left, we're even going to have a Renovation Church library, amen? Uh, and then we'll add a bunch of tables and chairs in there uh, near the cafe, and as we get to Renovation Kids, we added a nice a wood feature there at check-in. Uh, down towards the hallway, we're going to be able to secure this hallway now with a glass wall and doors. This is typically a crowded hallway for us. Right now it's 10 feet wide. It's going to expand to 17 feet wide. And then uh, there's a little alcove here with more classrooms. And then as we begin to go into the worship center, you'll see there are two sets of doors here. So now when you open that door, it's not going to splash light into the worship center. The front is still pretty much the same. And then as we turn, we've got expanded seating on the floor and then uh, elevated seating in both uh, ends of the back there, adding uh, more than 300 seats to this room. Pretty cool. So that's what that will look like. Um, you might also be curious what our expanded parking lot will look like. So let me... I'll show you that, and there's a drawing of that on page 10, if it's easier for you to see in your booklet. So currently, our parking lot goes from right here to right here. So it's just this. 
Uh, right now, we have 208 parking spots. Honestly, for this size of a building, we should have had closer to 270. This new plan gives us 510 parking spots. We're going to be good on parking. Uh, we also are going to have a right-in, right-out exit entry on 125th. And so if you come down that way, that's going to be really nice. We're hoping to do the same actually off of Lexington as well to make exiting and entering into this place a lot easier. Uh, if you have more questions, there is a frequently asked questions section in the back of the booklet that might be helpful to you. Or just come to a house group this week. Ask me personally. I'd love to answer any of your questions. Okay, I wanted you to kind of begin to get a feel and see this Illuminate booklet this morning. But at this point, I'm actually going to ask if you can take that booklet and even just put it under your chair. Because what we're talking about this morning is so important that I just, I don't want you to miss anything. All right, so this, this original building that we're in is 21,000 a square feet. We are going to add 24,000 a square feet. Uh, the original building cost $6 million. Uh, this new project is currently slated to cost $8.75 million. So it's higher because it's bigger. It's more square footage. Uh, uh, secondly, we're also doing work within the current footprint. You know, we're knocking down walls. We're expanding hallways. And three, uh, what do you know? Everything costs more after two years of inflation and <laughs> supply chain issues and all that kind of stuff. So with all of that in mind, uh, with a cost of $8.75 million, we as a church, we need to raise an additional $4 million over the next three years. Uh, as far as timelines, maybe you're thinking, okay, when is this going to happen? Uh, timelines for breaking ground. So our plan as a church for the last year or so as a leadership team has always been that we would add... 70 or so parking spots on that corner lot we acquired uh, sometime this spring. And then a little over a year from now, in spring of 2024, we would break ground on this building expansion. However, uh, even though we've already been open uh, over 18 or around 18 months or so, over the last few months, we are starting to grow so fast that our growth even 18 months in, is literally speeding up. And so we have a church, as a church, have been growing at about 45% a year, which is like miraculously fast for churches. And over the last three or four months, it's increased to 65%. And because of what's happening, especially over the last couple of months, because of this astronomical growth, we believe that we're going to need to adapt from the plan we've been holding for the last year, which was to break ground in the spring of 2024. And so if you look at the attendance graphic and you look at this blue line, and you could honestly, you could make a case that this line should honestly be even steeper. But this blue line is becoming, I believe, the most likely scenario for our church. And we know that if we just keep on this standard plan of slowing down, if we keep on the standard plan and then we break ground, we wait until the spring of 2024 to build, if things really do begin to slow down, then that's probably okay, and we would be fine. But if things don't slow down, and we wait until spring of 2024 to build, we are absolutely going to be turning large groups of people away, honestly, probably for over a year. Because if you think, if we're full, potentially in six to ten months, and we don't even build to spring of 2024, and then you have another nine months of construction, you're talking over 52 weeks of saying, sorry, we're full. Sorry, we're full. I think it's one thing to do that for a month. 
That's another thing to do that for over a year. And so based on this incredible just movement of God that's happening in our lifetime right in front of our eyes in our space, church, I'm telling you, we need to find a way to break ground this summer. I never thought I would say that even three months ago, but it's just, it's the, it's, it's the truth. However, in our more recent talks uh, with our bank, as our timeline has changed, even in our conversation with them, uh, the bank has told us that if we want to break ground, not in 2024, but now we want to break ground of this summer, we are actually going to need over $4 million in three years of pledges. And so I want you to think of that $4 million mark, uh, not just as a goal, but more like a floor for our church. So $4 million, yes, indeed, in three years worth of pledges allows us to expand this building uh, a year from now, but over $4 million is what we'll need to be able to actually begin to break ground this summer like we think we need to. Okay, I know that's a lot. Uh, let me share what I hope is some encouraging news. As you might imagine, there is a, a long runway uh, in getting ready for something like this. And along that runway, we have had some early conversations with people in our church, with leaders in our church, to make sure that we're ready financially for this next season. And so I'm excited to tell you this morning that from those early conversations, we have already received $1.6 million in early pledges as a church. And so we're at $1.6 million already. We need to get at least to four. So that's amazing, but $2.4 million is still a ton of money, right? We still have a long ways to go, and it's a lot. But I just want to remind you, we serve a big God. As you saw in that video this morning, and many of you have seen with your own eyes over the years, God has been so faithful to this church for so long now. He has miraculously moved over and over and over. Even when it looked like the odds were just completely stacked against us, he moved. But I just want to tell you, if God is going to do this in this season, then it's going to take all of our participation. We need to be like the people of Renovation Church in 2014. When these days is of reaching hundreds and hundreds of people for Christ, I'm telling you, we're ages into the future. Those people believed and they sacrificed. That kind of faith, I'm telling you, it is the history, it is the legacy of this church. It's why we're here. And I pray that it continues to be our future. If this is going to happen, though, it is going to take, it is going to require the participation probably from every single person in this room. It's just not going to happen otherwise. It's that big of a stretch for our church. And so here is how this is all going to come together. Uh, three weeks from today, on February 26th, the Illuminate series is going to conclude uh, with a commitment Sunday. And what we're asking you to do is we're asking you all to pray, to go to the Lord and pray about making a three-year financial pledge on that day. So that's a pledge of what you will give, what you will give to help us continue to illuminate the darkness. And by the way, it's, it's an above and beyond giving type of pledge. So that just means it's in addition to what you may already be giving to our general fund. So in other words, we can't all move our giving from the general fund to the illuminate fund because then the heat's not going to be on here next week because we won't be able to pay the gas bill and that sort of thing. 
But please hear this. This is a, it's a spiritual journey first. So don't just start locking in a financial number yet. I, I just believe that all financial decisions should also be spiritual. Now, all I'm asking all of you to do right now is just to pray. It's just to seek God on how he might use you and your family in this. But let's just continue to trust in our God. He is doing incredible things here. Remember, we've already seen 190 people come to Christ. And you've heard their stories at Baptism Sundays. Their lives are being absolutely transformed. Marriages are being changed. Souls are being saved. The light is just shining out from this corner. And what we want to see, what we want to see is more of that. We want to see more of that, Lord. That's what we want. And listen, I just... In case you're thinking this, I just want to be super clear on something. We are not going to change who we are. We are just going to keep doing what we're doing. We're going to keep teaching what the Bible really says. We're going to keep getting 80% of our people into community, into house groups. We're going to keep leading people to Christ. We're going to keep planting autonomous church plants out of here as fast as we possibly can. We're going to continue to be disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples because God is already doing that here. And you may say, David, this is already a lot. There already are a lot of people here. And I would say there are 55,000 people in Blaine alone who are on the path to hell right now. And I say, not in my city. And we say, not in our county. Because we've got the light. We are a light. And we're going to do whatever it takes to illuminate the darkness. Let me pray. Lord Jesus we just we pray that you would be with our church god in this season uh, we we come trusting in you and yet we we there's parts of us that just it feels scary too but god we know that you have been so faithful to this church over and over again in the past and lord we ask that you would be faithful again and that you would allow us to continue to do what we're doing of making disciples and illuminating the darkness in this city and beyond. It's in your name we pray. Amen.